You're with SBS Radio. Find more great stories in your language at sbs.com.au. In this bulletin, King Charles III proclaimed King of Australia amid military pomp and indigenous ceremony. The Prime Minister promises extra sitting days to be scheduled to make up for the cancellation of Parliament. And the coffin of Queen Elizabeth II arrives in Edinburgh. King Charles III has been officially proclaimed as the ruling monarch of Australia by Governor-General David Harley. The ceremony took place at Canberra's Parliament House, followed by a 21-gun salute. Governor-General David Harley made the official proclamation after convening with Australia's Executive Council. Because of the death of our blessed and glorious Queen Elizabeth II, the Crown has solely and rightfully come to Prince Charles Philip Arthur George. We, therefore, General the Honourable David Hurley, AC, DSC, retired, Governor-General of the Commonwealth of Australia, and members of the Federal Executive Council do now proclaim Prince Charles Philip Arthur George to be King Charles III, by grace of God, King of Australia and his realms and territories. The service opened with a welcome to country from Nanawal elder Auntie Violet Sheridan, who paid her respects to the passing of the monarch. No matter what your views, Queen Elizabeth lived a life of service and she was also a loving wife, mother, grandmother and great-grandmother. King Charles III takes over from his mother and we know he will be thoughtful in his rule. Similar ceremonies have been held in each Australian state and territory. Australia's High Commissioner to the United Kingdom attended a reception with King Charles and other Commonwealth High Commissioners. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese says extra seating days will be scheduled before last before late October to make up for the cancellation of Parliament. Politicians were were due to be in Canberra this week with the government due to introduce legislation for the establishment of a federal anti-corruption monitoring service, but protocol dictates that Parliament be suspended for 15 days after the death of the Queen. Speaking to Channel 7, the Prime Minister also defended the decision to declare a national public holiday on the 22nd of September to mark Queen Elizabeth's passing, saying the late monarch had deep connections with communities all around Australia. She was someone who didn't just go to Sydney and Melbourne. Uh, She went to regional communities, remote communities, and had uh, an engagement with them. And and that's why I think uh, it is appropriate uh, that local communities organise commemorative events as well as the National Mm. Memorial Service that will take place at 11am on Thursday the 22nd. 
Queen Elizabeth II's coffin has arrived in Scotland's capital of Edinburgh as of, late, as of the late monarch's journey from Balmoral to London. The coffin will spend the day in Edinburgh before being taken to London where the Queen will be laid to rest with a state funeral to take place on September 19 at Westminster Abbey. The Dean of Westminster, David Hoyle, who will officiate the service, says the Abbey was incredibly significant to Queen Elizabeth as it's the location where she married her husband, Prince Philip, in 1947 and was also the site of her coronation in 1953. I think because in this building she took two sets of promises that really defined her life. We all know that she understood her role as sovereign to be lifelong uh, and that's because she, she understood the oath of the coronation to mean just that. And my word, she, she lived that out, she ran the race. We also know that her marriage to the Duke of Edinburgh was a hugely significant and stable point in a very demanding life. So those two things shaped her life. Even as he mourns his late mother, King Charles III has held a series of meetings with officials from around the Commonwealth at Buckingham Palace. During his second day in London since ascending to the throne, the new king met with Patricia Scotland, the Secretary-General of the Commonwealth, as well as High Commissioners from the 14 Commonwealth countries, which still regard the monarch as their head of state. Many in those nations are grappling with both affection for the Queen and lingering bitterness over their colonial legacies, which ranged from slavery to corporal punishment in African schools to looted artifacts held in British cultural institutions. Antigua and Barbuda will call a referendum on forming a republic after the death of Queen Elizabeth II. Prime Minister Gaston Brown made the announcement minutes after signing a document that confirmed Charles III as king, saying he wanted to hold the vote within three years. The Caribbean country is one of 14 nations who have retained the British monarch as their head of state. Prime Minister Brown told ITV the move is not a malicious one. This is not an act of hostility or any difference between Antigua and Barbuda and the monarchy. But it is uh, the final step, as I said before, to complete um, that circle of independence um, to ensure that we are truly a sovereign uh, nation. New research reveals 50 million people around the world were living in modern-day slavery in 2021. The latest global estimates of modern slavery report finds 28 million people were in forced labor, while 22 million were trapped in forced marriages. That number has grown in the past decade, with 10 million more people in modern slavery late last year late last year than in 2016. The report finds migrant workers are more than three times more likely to be in forced labor than non-migrant adult workers, with women and children also remaining disproportionately vulnerable. The United States is commemorating the 21st anniversary of the, 20, of the September 11 terror attacks. President Joe Biden has paid tribute to those who died and referenced a message sent at the time by Queen Elizabeth II. I remember a message sent to the American people from Queen Elizabeth. It was on September 11. Her ambassador read a prayer of service at St. Thomas Church in New York where she poignantly reminded us, quote, grief is the price we pay for love. Grief is the price we pay for love.
Hundreds of people have taken to the streets of Chile to commemorate the 49th anniversary of the 1973 coup in which a dictatorship was imposed on the country. Left-wing parties with key political figures and members of the government paid homage to the statue of former President Salvador Allende outside the presidential palace. Participants laid flowers at his monument as well as outside the palace where he lived while president. Politician Carol Cariola described the anniversary as a painful one for Chile. Every year we come here to commemorate a very painful date for our country, which was the 1973 coup d'etat, and also to commemorate the role that President Salvador Allende has had in the history of our country, a president who was democratically elected, who was ratified by the people of Chile, and who unfortunately could not continue his mandate precisely. According to government figures during the dictatorship of Augusto Pinochet, at least 3,095 people were killed and tens of thousands more were tortured or jailed for political reasons. Russia has accused Ukrainian forces of another attack on the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. Both sides continue to accuse each other of attacking the area around the plant. Russian Defense Ministry spokesman Igor Konashenkov says there are frequent attacks being launched. Since September 1, the territory of the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant and the city of Ernahoda have been subjected to artillery shelling by the armed forces of Ukraine 26 times, including on the territory of the nuclear power plant. At the same time, as a result of an aimed fire at the Transformer substation on September 6 and the power line on September 8, the city of Ernhoda was twice left without electricity. Ukraine's military says it's continuing to retake territory from the Russians in a counter-offensive in eastern Ukraine. The military is claiming to have taken over 3,000 square kilometres. Meanwhile, President Volodymyr Zelensky has accused Russia of targeting critical infrastructure in Ukraine's east in response, leaving large swathes of of territory in total blackout. Ukraine's leader says that power was cut off completely throughout the entire Kharkiv and Donetsk regions, depriving people of light and heat. Outages have also been reported in several other areas near the front line. At least 11 people are thought to have died in a shipwreck off the coast of Tunisia, with 12 others still missing. Tunisia's Coast Guard rescued 14 people after the boat, which was carrying 37 migrants to Italy, sank on Tuesday. The state news agency says five more bodies were recovered on Saturday night, bringing the the death toll to 11. More than 1,000 migrants are thought to have died this year, attempting to cross the central Mediterranean. And to sport in rugby league, the South Sydney Rabbitohs have eliminated their arch rivals from this year's competition. They've beaten the Sydney Roosters 30 points to 14 in a brutal and spiteful game in Sydney that saw seven instances of players being seen binned, that is, having to temporarily leave the field for disciplinary infractions. The Rabbitohs will play the finals against the Cronulla Sharks next, next Saturday in Sydney. 
And now having a look at the weather around the country, Broome, mostly sunny day, 29 degrees, Perth, a shower or 2, 23, Adelaide, possible shower 16, Melbourne, partly cloudy 13, Hobart, showers 10, Albury, Wodonga, cloudy day 12, Canberra, partly cloudy 14, Wollongong, possible late shower 19 degrees, Sydney, partly cloudy 21, Newcastle, sunny 21 degrees, Brisbane, mostly cloudy 24, Townsville, sunny 27, Cairns, mostly sunny 30 degrees, Alice Springs, a mostly sunny day 26 degrees, Darwin, a shower of 232 degrees, Torres Strait Islands, partly cloudy day, and a top of 31 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News. Want to hear more stories like this? Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from.